Welcome back to the show. This is one of my favorite topics in everything I talk about. It leads to the biggest exercise I take all of my clients through when I'm coaching them and the one that most people reference when they have transformed their lives and I ask them what was the biggest part of the work we did. This starts off a big part of the journey, a big part of the adventure together of us figuring out exactly who we really are to enable us to take apart that human that was built by other people and to rebuild who we really want to be. This is from the chapter of the book, which is the A in heal, which stands for adaptation. Here's the big one to start with. What would you say if I told you there is more than one of you? When I first say that to most people, they're like, Paul, you're absolutely insane. That's crazy. Some people straight away are like, yeah, I see it. This is part of, if nothing else, when you go through this work, if you listen to this stuff, you watch the videos, if you read the book, if, if I don't get anything else out of it, I don't achieve anything else, what I want, want to achieve is how brilliant our subconscious is. I want people to understand just how incredible the system that we take for granted every day, that we just bounce around in this body and mind and we just think it's perfectly normal. I want, I want you to start to appreciate just how incredible it is. This stuff blows my mind, really, and blows the mind of many people when I start talking to them about it. So there's more than one of us. When you hear that, the first thing I'll always say is, if when you hear that, you think, that's crazy, Paul. How is there only, how is there more than one of me? There's only me. There's only Paul. There's only whoever, whatever your name is. There's just me. There's always just been me. Ask yourself this question. Next time you're talking to yourself, who are you talking to if there isn't more than one of you? something to think about. So what's this bit about? The way to start thinking about this, going back to the beginning, is from now on, instead of thinking of yourself as just one being, think of yourself as a huge ship. So your body is this huge ship and inside your mind is the control deck. So think about the Starship Enterprise or think about one of the big ships from Star Wars or if it's more in your movie-going experience, there's the kids' film Inside Out. Basically, picture the, the deck of a huge aeroplane or ship or boat where there's a team that runs the entire system. That's what I like to picture is inside our heads. So we've got this big body and then we've got a mind with a team inside it. That's the team in your control deck and they run everything. Their job is to keep you alive and to meet all of your needs. We'll get into that in a few minutes. So where I first started to learn about all of this was a couple of years ago when I first started my adventure and I flew out to Bali to spend some, some time out there and I was watching a girl give a presentation about something along these lines. And she said about having different characters, different personas inside our head and how we should start to identify them. And she said, she's got a character in her head who she calls Susan because she used to know somebody called Susan and Susan moans a lot. And her character in her head who likes to moan a lot, she calls Susan so she could identify it better. And what this, this girl was saying was, what we all need to do is start identifying these characters inside our own head and name them so that then we can start to identify all of them and we can start working with them. And I sat there and I started smiling to myself because as soon as I started thinking about this 
and different personalities and different characters and having to name them, I realised I didn't need to. Mine was so prominent, they already had names. So, if you've known me from other places, if you've seen me on the Anfield Rap, for example, if you know me in general life, you will know that most people refer to me as Kopi, which is my nickname and has been my nickname for many, many years. And when I stopped to think about this, Kopi is a character that I developed. When I was born, when I was a little boy, I was. this is something that shocks many, many people these days, but I was a very, very quiet, shy, introverted boy. I didn't like to speak. I liked my own company. I didn't like new people. And I was born into a very loud family, a very loud city and a very loud country in a very noisy world. And this is the way it works inside our control deck. So we start out just with the little us, little you, little me. For me, little Paul. The way I like to picture him is think about, think about yourself as a kid whatever age pops into your head so whenever i picture me as a little boy i picture me as a little three-year-old with this big mop of brown hair and big cheesy smile very quiet that's the original me before we start i started getting any of this real programming that we're talking about before it all started to take shape now when little me the real version of me bounced into the world i would be met with certain situations certain things i had to encounter that needed more of an extroverted personality. So the way I picture this happening is that inside your control deck in, the, in your head on the flight deck, they go to little Paul, they go to the original version of you and they say, can you handle this situation? And little Paul would say, absolutely not. This is not for me. I am not an extrovert, I am an introvert. And the control deck would say, don't worry about it. There's a lab out the back of the main control deck where we can sort this out and they would go in there and they would create a whole new personality, a whole new character, a whole new persona that can do the things that little Paul couldn't do. That was Kopi. Kopi is the extrovert, he's the lad who bounces into bars and hugs everybody and buys everyone drinks and can sing karaoke and can dance. He could do all the things little Paul couldn't do. Then there was another personality popped into my head who some other people refer to me as Cope just my surname and cope as a personality is like Winston Wolf out of Pulp Fiction if you've seen that movie he is the fixer he is the lawyer he is the manipulator he is the person that if you've got a problem if your back's up against the wall you call cope and he will fix it I have got stories about that personality of mine that I don't even like to tell anymore that I used to be really proud of that I've been in situations mainly with mates over the years where we have been in some tight fixes, if that's the right phrase. And I, I, I would say I back then, but Cope has talked his way out of impossible situations. I had a mate say to me once, it was like watching Darren Brown in operation. It was incredible. That part of me, again, was a persona, was a character that my control deck created to deal with situations that little Paul couldn't deal with. Does that make sense? So the first people you can think of, and I want you to think of your own, the first people that pop into your mind as your own dominant personalities, your own characters, are what I refer to as your rock star. 
personalities. They're the ones that spend most time in public that you know of straight away, they pop up. Think about who they are for you. Now, where this takes us is that over the years, depending on how, you, how old you are, but generally speaking, the people I work with are over 30, being on this planet for a few decades now, but it doesn't matter how old you are, you will already have started developing this. You develop an entire team of these characters. So your control deck, whenever you come up against something new, a new experience, something else that the people you've already developed can't deal with, the control deck team goes into the lab, develops someone new, brings them out. The way I like to think of this in very simple terms is it leads to two parts of us. We've got the original us, which is little me, little Paul, little you, and then we've got everybody else, all of the other characters. And I, I like to see all of the other characters collectively as the ego. So whenever you hear people talk about the ego, this is what I think it is. It's all of these separate characters controlled by the team on the control deck. Now, the, the key point in all of this is this is all being done subconsciously. Until you start learning about it, it's all happening subconsciously throughout your life. And whilst you've got a whole team, a whole cast of characters, the more you think about this, the more you'll find more. There is only one microphone. So picture your entire team being on a stage, but there is only one microphone. And only one character can be on the microphone at any one time. Now, right now, before you start doing any of this work, your subconscious decides who is on the microphone, depending on what needs need to be met and what situation you are in. So, for example, I would walk into a bar. This is the way I like to picture it going. My control deck would say to little Paul, do you want to deal with this situation? Little Paul would say, absolutely not. This is not for me. Kopi would say, give me the mic, I'll sort it. He'd get on the mic, he'd go into the bar. After that happening a few times, no one even asks little Paul anymore. The mic goes straight to Kopi, which is why in my old life, Kopi became the most dominant character because I was often in situations, especially publicly, where I needed my extroverted, outgoing, confident character to be on the mic. So he would regularly be on the mic, followed by Cope, usually. Where does this come from? Well. It all comes back to, this This work links to stuff that Tony Robbins does, if you've heard of Tony Robbins, and it's about our human needs. So in very basic terms, there are lots of human needs, there are lots of needs we're trying to meet all the time, subconsciously again, usually. They boil down to four core ones. So the most important ones to know about are, number one, certainty or control, number two, uncertainty or variety, Number three, significance or ego. And number four, love and connection. And if you meet those needs, there are then two growth needs, fulfillment needs, which is contribution to either society and growth. So growth as a human, basically. We, we talk more about the four core ones than anything else because these are the most important ones for the sake of this work. What happens is our control deck its only job pretty much is to make sure our human needs are being met all the time. It does not care about our happiness. That's an important thing to note and to remember as we go through all of this. It does not care about our happiness. It cares about meeting our needs. So we all have a need for certainty and control. We all have a need for uncertainty and variety. We have a need for significance. We have a need for love and connection. And whatever situation we're in, our subconscious, our team in our control deck is looking to meet those needs by passing the mic subconsciously 
to whichever of our characters can meet those needs best for us. Does that make sense? The kicker is, up until this point again, when you don't know anything about this, often and usually, if we are meeting our needs subconsciously, so we are not aware of them, we are not aware of what needs we need to be met, so we are therefore meeting them subconsciously, our team in our control deck is doing it subconsciously, it's passing the mic around without us realizing. Usually when that happens, we are meeting our needs in unhealthy ways, which is what leads to loads of the problems in life. So let me run through a few for you so you can sort of get an idea of what this looks like. Copy, for me, the extroverted, the outgoing, the confident character, he would meet various needs for me. One of the needs he would meet would be for uncertainty and variety, something I thought was a dominant need in my life until I'd done this work. Love variety, love to travel, love to meet new people. Whenever Kobe was on the mic, that need would be ticked, absolutely, because you would never know what was gonna happen, especially when he'd had a few drinks. My life would become very uncertain and the variety in it would be huge. Part of that was he would also give me loads and loads of significance because wherever he was, I felt special. I'd get lots of attention, I would sing karaoke, I would tell jokes, make people laugh. Huge amounts of significance and feeling special. As part of that, I would also get loads of love and connection because I'd be connecting with other people all the time. And then to wrap it all up, at the same time as giving me uncertainty and meeting my needs for uncertainty, strangely, counterintuitively, he also met my need for certainty and control because the one thing I could guarantee and I could be certain of is that when he's on the mic, I would meet all these other needs. So whilst he's meeting my needs for uncertainty, at the same time, he's meeting my need for certainty. So this one character meets all of my emotional needs which again explains why he spent so much time on the mic because I couldn't do that for myself a lot of the time as me, as the real me, as little Paul. Cope, as my other rock star personality, similar in some ways, he would very much give me certainty and control. Whatever situation he was in, everybody else would feel it. He is in control. He would walk into a business meeting. He would walk into any situation in which there's problems, something he'd sorting out, he would take control. He would give me complete certainty, which again, led to me getting loads and loads of significance because whenever people needed something fixing, they turned to cope. They wouldn't turn to Copey, they wouldn't turn to Little Paul. Without realizing it, they would turn to my cope character because he could sort things out. And that's where this all comes from. That's what this is all about. This part of the journey, this adventure, is about starting to figure out exactly who you are, really. Being honest with yourself, going into all of your different characters. So there's loads of exercises in the book about this. I'll start you off with one in this episode. And that is to sit down and think about it. Think about who your characters are. Think about what makes up your personality. If you get away from thinking it's just one person, the way to do it is to sit is to properly sit down for half an hour, an hour and go through it. And then once you've thought of as many as you can, just let it drift away, put your pen and paper away and then just go through your week and then start becoming more aware. Another big part of this work is just becoming more aware of things as you're going through your day-to-day -day life. 
And whenever something happens, whenever you're in a situation, ask yourself, which character is this? Which part of me is this? And then come back to the work you were doing. So what you want is a spreadsheet on a computer or laptop is best because this turns into a much bigger spreadsheet as we go on. In your first column, you want to name the character. It doesn't matter what the name is. That is not important. It's just so that you can identify them. In the second column, you want to put what their traits are. So are they shy? Are they outgoing? Are they selfish? Are they loud? Whatever the traits are. And in the third column, you want to put what triggers them to take hold of the mic? In what situations would they take the microphone when you stop and think about it? So think of the Kopi example. Kopi takes the mic when I need to be extroverted, when I need to be in a situation where I need to be outgoing and loud and little Paul didn't want to do that. And the fourth and final column for this part of the exercise is to think about what needs each character is meeting for you. Think about are they helping you get certainty? Are they helping you get uncertainty and variety? Are they helping you to feel significant or special and stroke your ego? Are they giving you love and connection? If you can't, basically try and think of the top two needs that every character gives you. If there's more, write them all down. If you can get them all, write them all down. Remember that these if a character exists it it is meeting your needs in some way so if you can't think about it this is another example of a place i always say this is a treasure hunt where we can guarantee the treasure is there so we just need to keep looking if you can't figure it out perfect example of one to get in touch with me about you can send questions to questions at paul7cope.com i'll put the link below if you get stuck on it if you if you start doing this and think i want to do it i'm open-minded to do it but I'm a bit stuck, I'm not sure. Drop me, a, drop me a line, ask any questions you want. As I say, this is my favorite, or one of my favorite parts of this entire thing, it's huge. We'll, we'll keep coming back to it as we go through all of the different episodes, all of the different chapters of the book. Obviously, I go into way more detail in the book than I can here, because I can take you through it in real detail. Um, and we'll keep coming back to add to the exercise because this is this is all about figuring out who you really are. The biggest the biggest part of this and of this work and one of the biggest flaws I think in the main personal development and self-help world is that we start doing all this work and we never actually figure out who we are to begin with. This is about stripping back everything to figure out going back to previous episodes, what happened to us as children, what led to us being the way we are then who are we really? Not the stories we tell ourselves, we'll come to that later on, but not the stories we tell ourselves, who are we really? And then once we can see all that and we can understand fully why we are the way we are, then we can start to meet these needs in more healthy ways. And when we can start to meet these needs in more healthy ways, I'm skipping way ahead here, You're gonna, we're gonna come to this in a few episodes, we can start then to bring our characters back together and we can start making sure that the real version of us stays on the mic more and more. So we can make sure that little Paul, little you, can do the things that as a kid you couldn't do. Remember, all of these adaptations were made or started when you were a child, when you weren't capable of coming up with better solutions for yourself. It all happened subconsciously. It all happened because the control deck in your head was just trying to keep you alive and fill your needs. Well, we're grown-ups now. So now we can learn about this stuff, we can figure out exactly why it happens, and then we can start taking control of our lives. By, by going right back to the root and doing all of this, 
It helps us to solve all these symptoms that we don't understand why they're there in the first place. That's the beauty of all this work. It's absolute gold dust. I hope that makes sense. I hope you enjoyed it. If you've got any questions, drop me a line. If you know anybody else who you think would like this, share it with them. See you soon.